welcome back to Man Eaters, the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals. I'm your host, James, and it is a delight to be back with you. Um, you may have noticed this episode was a few days late. If you did notice, I apologize. Um, I can't, I don't know if you can tell from my voice. Uh, I'm sick as a dick. Um, yeah, I got, a, I got the cold or a flu or something. Uh, it happens every time I finish a theater show. Um, my immune system goes into overdrive to keep me healthy during the show so I don't, you know, <laughs> let the team down. And then as soon as we bump out, uh, boom, a cold, boom, the flu, boom, COVID, boom, syphilis, anal warts. Anyway, uh, but we are back. And uh, I want to thank you guys, actually, because our last episode, the, uh, the, the, the Arctic Circle of Hell, uh, did really, really well. I don't know what was different, um, but it got the same number of streams in, like, four days as a normal episode would get in, in a week or two. So uh, I really appreciated that. I would love to keep that magic going. Um, and so we're, we're going to do another sensationalized, a sensationalized, uh, uh, God, what am I saying? Sensationalized title of this episode. I'm calling this one Rivers of Blood. Oh yeah, that's dramatic, baby. Uh, we are going to be talking about several animal attacks that have occurred in uh, rivers, some fatal, some not fatal, but all of them are pretty damn terrifying. Two animals that we have not covered before, um, the catfish, uh, which you would not think could be a man-eater, but apparently it can. We'll get into that story momentarily. Uh, far out, edit that out, that was awful. <laughs> or don't, don't, because it shows that I'm down to earth, yeah. I don't know who I'm talking to, I edit the show. Anyway, the second animal is an animal I've been interested in covering for a very long time, the hippopotamus. Or, if you want to be incorrect, the hippopotami. Uh, we will be talking about uh, five stories actually to do with hippopotamus attacks, uh, as well as um, one very famous uh, story involving catfish. But before we go any further with the episode, uh, I would like you to do something for me. So every episode at the end, I always ask people to subscribe and rate the show out of five stars or leave a comment on iTunes or whatever you want. Um, what I would like you to do while you're sitting here chilling is whichever one of those actions is easiest for you now, if it's giving it a five star rating or typing a comment or just hitting follow on Spotify, I'd like you to do that for me uh, because it really helps me out. It boosts the numbers. Um, and it gets the, the show recommended to more people that might like it. Um, so go ahead and do that for me now. Um, I'll play some uh, relaxing music for about 15 seconds so you can do it. Okay, go. Oh, it's relaxing. Wow. What is that? What is that instrument? Is it like a maraca? It's oh. pretty good. Did you do it? Did you like the thing? Ah, oh, thanks everybody, and thank you especially to Gus, who did that. Uh, Gus, if you're listening, you're probably really freaked out right now, um, but I am watching you, and you should not go outside wearing that shirt. I'm sorry, bud. It's just not a... You're cupcaking. I'm sorry. You're absolutely muffin topping, and I want you to feel comfortable in your body, but as a friend, I want you to know you just shouldn't wear that shirt, okay? Sorry, Gus. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know anyone named Gus. Gus was my friend's dog from when I was little. I don't know if you can tell, guys. I'm really lethargic right now. This flu is kicking my ass. Um, but, you know, let's push forward. Uh, 
Everybody, this is the Rivers of Blood episode. Please sit back, relax, and uh, avoid going into <laughs> into rivers from now on. Uh, of course, the Rivers of Blood. Initial investigations into three distinct fatal attacks on swimmers and bathers in a small stretch of the Kali River in India and Nepal were perplexing. The first attack occurred in April of 1998 when Dil Bahadur, a 17-year-old boy, was dragged beneath the water while swimming in a river. Several witnesses, including his fiancée, said he simply vanished beneath the surface and did not resurface with no signs of a struggle or commotion in the water. A three-mile section of the river was searched extensively, but no trace of the young man was located. A local youngster was dragged into the river three months later, too quickly for his father, who was standing nearby, to intervene. Despite a thorough search, no remains were ever discovered. The final attack occurred nine years later, in 2007, when an 18-year-old Nepali man was taken beneath the water and vanished near the same stretch of river. Witnesses caught a glimpse of the attack at this time, describing it looking like an elongated pig. Jeremy Wade, host of the Discovery Animal Planet series River Monsters, a British researcher and experienced angler, researched the mystery attacks. Wade later revealed that the TV series was inspired by a trip to India in 2005, when he first learned of the disappearances. Wade returned to the Kali River in 2009 to look for clues in the portion of river where the three disappearances had occurred, concentrating on the initial attack site. Because the riverbed was rather flat and calm, an echo sounder ruled out the chance of Bahadur being carried underwater by a vortex or eddy. The most obvious answer was that a crocodile was to blame, especially because India is home to three separate species, two of which have been known to attack humans. However, Saltwater crocodiles were not known to travel that far inland, and the cold water of India's other notorious man-eater, the Mugger Crocodile, did not thrive in northern Kali River. Gharials, the third species, are enormous yet unable to take on larger prey such as humans due to their peculiar jaw structure, which is highly specialised for grabbing their principal food source, fish. A bull shark was also briefly regarded as a suspect, although no sightings in that stretch of the Kali River had ever been reported. Several big goonch catfish were discovered during underwater research, including six that were at least the size of a man. Goonch, also known as the giant devil catfish, may be found in rivers throughout South Asia and can grow up to two meters in length. Wade theorised after speaking with residents that a particularly large goonch got a craving for human flesh after eating partially burned human remains dumped from customary funeral piles along the riverbanks. This abundant supply of convenient food may have also contributed to an individual's unusually enormous physique. Wade successfully captured and caught a huge gooch, later weighing roughly 160 pounds, after setting up a dummy funeral pyre to attract the animal. While it was unclear if an individual of that size could have eaten a human adult, Wade believed it was at least large enough to consume a youngster, and that a larger individual could be found in the river. Most experts now agree that the most likely culprit behind these deaths was a large Goonch River catfish. The hippopotamus is not the first animal that comes to mind when you think about vicious killers, yet its gentle demeanour conceals a terrifying anger. 
Forget lions and tigers, nature's deadliest land animal is the pot-bellied African river dweller. If given the chance, a hippo will not only crush bones and rip off limbs, but it will also consume a person whole. Male hippos can weigh up to 2.5 tons and are highly protective of their territory, attacking even crocodiles who come too close. They have razor-sharp teeth and powerful jaws that can easily snap a croc or canoe in half. Hippos can run up to 30 miles per hour and can easily outrun humans. That's 3 miles per hour quicker than Usain Bolt, the world's fastest man, who broke the 100 meter record at 27 miles per hour. Hippos kill roughly 500 people in Africa per year, which is more than lions, elephants, leopards, buffaloes, and rhinos combined. 2,000 lethal giants live in Kenya's Lake Navasha, and photographer Federico Genovese filmed a horrifying attack. One of the enormous animals ambushed Matthew Wanjiku and held him captive for 10 minutes while the animal bit him. The hippo appeared to be trying to stomp his victim, stamping its feet and thrashing its head violently, Frederico claimed. From the water's edge, there was a chorus of helpless cries. The hippo can then be seen nibbling on his arm, shoulder and chest, leaving him bloodied on the ground with no apparent way out. Onlookers smashed a metal sheet on the hippo in an attempt to drive the massive beast away. Eventually it moved on, leaving Matthew drenched in blood. Matthew survived this ordeal. Paul Templer can empathize with Matthew. He experienced up close and personal encounters with hippos. After a horrific attack in his native Zimbabwe in 1996, a grumpy hippopotamus left the tour guide with 39 severe bite wounds and only one arm. His near fatal attack began when the animal knocked one of his friends out of its canoe near Victoria Falls. I couldn't move since I was trapped in this small space. It was either a hippo or a croc and I knew it wasn't good. I was able to wiggle my fingers around enough to feel the hippo's nose bristles, so that's when I realized where I was, up to my waist in a hippo's throat. When the hippo finally spat Paul out, the safari guide was promptly swallowed again, this time from the feet up. Before the hippo spat him out a second time, Paul was tossed around the water, trying not to drown. However, as he swam towards his friends, he noticed a giant hippo racing at him with its jaws wide open, dragging him to the river's bottom. Paul was eventually rescued by one of his friends, who he says paddled over and grabbed him with amazing bravery. Enoch Romaro, a fisherman, had both of his legs amputated below the knees after being squashed by a hippo. On the beach of Lake Navisha, he was fishing with a, com he was fishing with a companion when the hippo attacked both of them. Nurse Susan Camus claimed that the two were taken to the hospital in critical condition, with one of the victim's legs entirely crushed, said Enoch. She told the standard it was impossible to treat them. The victim's legs were literally dangling from the skin, so she had no choice but to transport them to the hospital. They didn't have any other choice but to amputate them. Marius Ills Marius Ells regarded his pet hippopotamus like a son, and frequently rode on the back of the animal he'd adopted. However, after being repeatedly attacked by the massive hippo, the 40-year-old was discovered dead in a river. The 6-year-old animal mauled and pulled the South African farmer from into the Vaal River near his home. It's a little scary, he said before his death, but I trust him with all my heart that he will not harm anyone. I can swim beside him, I can jump into the pool, he lets me get on board his back and ride him around like a horse. He joins me when swimming. 
Jacob Kanjimbi was swimming in a river when he was attacked by a hippopotamus, leaving him with deep leg wounds. When the incident occurred, the six-year-old was in the Okavango River with his oldest brother, and he was brought to the hospital. Fortunately, he survived the attack in Nambia in 2020, but the incident is said to have left him very traumatized. And that is our uh, Rivers of Blood story. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, two very different and unique stories. The first story, of course, uh, the Goonch Kali catfish, the Kali Goonch catfish attacks. Um, almost like another semi-cryptid story where there was no body ever recovered. Um, in all three disappearances, the remains were never found. Um, the catfish is only the most likely suspect, but there was no confirmation of that from officials. Uh, it is worth noting though that um, the fact that there were no remains found is in a way uh, another clue that a catfish could have been um, responsible. Catfish are like, they're, they're kind of like piranhas, they'll eat everything. They won't leave any scraps, they'll eat bones as well. Um, they'll digest anything. Uh, the fact that catfish can grow up to the size of a man, uh, it's pretty terrifying. And the, the theory that the catfish, you know, began to subsist on human remains after finding the human remains at a funeral pyre, um, is very telling. It's very similar to stories we've heard in the past, um, with big cats in India, like the leopard of Rudra Prayag or the Champawat tiger, um, or even the leopard of Pinar. These animals, uh, begin to subsist on human remains after an epidemic or after, uh, you know, finding human remains. Also, the, the, the man-eating leopards of Osavo, uh, were also a good example. They, would allegedly eat the uh, remains of slaves that were thrown off ships in this harbor that washed up on the beach. They would eat those and they, began, they gained a, a taste for human blood. Uh, it is entirely possible that these catfish or this catfish did the same thing. Um, it is interesting though that these attacks happen um, over the course of several years. Let me have a look at the first year. Let's go back through my notes. Um, yeah, the first attack happened in 1998. And, uh, the last one happened in 2005? No. No, 2007. Okay. So that's quite a long distance. And I wonder how long catfish can live. I'm going to Google that. How long do catfish live? So it says here, the Wells catfish uh, can live up to 60 years. Um, what other... The lifespan of the catfish can vary... Uh, depending on the species, but most types of catfish will live around five to seven years. Okay, so what about the goonch catfish? Let's have a look at that. Goonch. Goonch catfish. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, the longevity of these fish in the wild is yet unknown. Uh, wow, interesting. So we actually don't know how long they live. Um, I'm reading this physical description of goonch catfish. Um, they can grow up to two meters in length, they weigh over 200 pounds. The sharp and wide mouth is aligned with multiple rows of very sharp teeth. There is no difference between the male and female in sexual dimorphism. Uh, and the distribution, the natural range is India and Nepal, and probably in some other parts of Southeast Asia as well. They inhabit large mountainous rivers, including those with fast current. They're especially found in the Great Kali River. Um, sources claim that these fish have been seen combating large mugger crocodiles or even attacking and eating humans. They are also kept in large tanks as pets as well as captivity. Interesting. Okay, lots of interesting facts there about the Kali Goonch, but we'll move on. Um, yeah, 
The point was that I was making when I was looking up how, how old these could live for is it could possibly be a uh, the same uh, individual catfish responsible for these deaths. More likely, it's that it's a it's a family of the of the fish or just a, a number of individuals doing it. Um, but yeah, when I first started this podcast, the Carly Gooch catfish was one of the first stories I heard about um, when doing my research, and I thought it was so interesting because I always imagined catfish like a small, like the size of like a koi fish you would see in a pond. The idea of a massive, uh, two meter long, two hundred pound fish in the river that you're swimming in is absolutely terrifying and I don't think I would ever ever go into a river in India or Nepal um, not that I was planning on doing that anyway with all the poo poo in those rivers but is that racist I don't know is that a racist assumption that all the India's Indies rivers are filled with poo poo probably they're probably not um, but some of them are the Delhi river definitely is anyway why are we talking about poo poo I'm very sick let's move on and talk about the hippopotamus attacks it's not a secret like that's that's one of those facts that people throw around a lot where it's like well do you know what the most dangerous animal in africa is it's not a lion it's a hippo that's like a kindergartner's trivia so i'm not expecting you to be impressed with that fact um however those five stories that we heard kind of encapsulate what makes them so dangerous they'll attack you on the land they'll attack you in the water they will capsize your boat if you're in it um that story about the guy being almost swallowed whole and then spat out and then being eaten again is terrifying um they'll attack you in the water they'll bite limbs off if they find you in the land they will stomp you to death they will try to trample you um yeah if you get attacked by a hippo and you come out of it with all your limbs still attached you consider yourself very lucky okay we're going to move on to the scratch of the day segment that is the segment of the show where i look at the news stories uh, the stories in the news from the last week and find some animal attack stories and share them with you um and we have some really interesting stories today um our first one comes from vermont in the u.s of a so all my u.s listeners you can relate um this one is a bobcat enters home and attacks a man in vermont uh this is a local report a bobcat burst into the home in excuse me, a bobcat burst into a home in Vermont on Friday morning and attacked a man before he was able to trap the animal in the bathroom, police say. Windsor Police Chief Jennifer Frank told WCAX-TV that the bobcat had apparently been chasing a cat and ran through an open door and into the house. An elderly man suffered injuries in an altercation with the animal but was eventually able to trap it in the bathroom and shut the door. The resident was taken to hospital for evaluation. Vermont fish and wildlife officials responded and euthanized the bobcat, which will be tested for rabies and other pathogens. Frank said workers next door were cutting down trees, which may have also impacted the animal's habitat. This is a very rare and unusual circumstance, she told, she told the station. I've never seen this happen before in my career, where it gained entry into someone's home and then made contact with a person. So bobcats are another one of those animals I'd like to learn a bit more about. I admittedly know not much about bobcats. Um... I kind of always viewed bobcats as kind of like the uh, the feline equivalent of a coyote, where like they're they're you shouldn't go and pat them, but they're not exactly aggressive. But I actually don't know. I just know that they look really cute, but I also know that this one's dead now because it went into this dude's house. So so yeah. Um, second story. This one's interesting. Snake charmer dies after cobra bite, which is like sad but not surprising. A snake charmer in Tanzania has died after being bitten by a cobra he was playing with. Aww. The 60-year-old snake charmer, James Henry, was a well-known snake charmer in the Kingoma area in northern Tanzania. He was known locally for catching highly venomous snakes and killing them after capture. Okay, sympathy for this dude. 
fading away. The snake charmer had also been called in to remove two cobras from a village in the area where the incident occurred, East African news platform Tuco reports. Henry caught and killed one of the cobras, leaving one of the highly venomous snakes still loose in the village. Once he managed to capture the remaining snake, however, he began playing with the highly venomous animal in order to enthrall the villagers, Tuco reports. The snake lunged and bit the man on his finger and mouth, James Mayama, assistant commissioner of police, told Tuco. He was immediately taken to a local medical facility where he was treated with antivenom. However, he died during the treatment. A statement from police given to Tuco said, There is a death that has been caused by laziness in Kingoma. This man was known for his expertise in catching snakes before killing them. However, he started playing around with the venomous snake. He turned, it turned on him and bit him on the mouth and finger. He died at a medical facility in the area. The most common type of cobra in Tanzania is the Egyptian cobra. Snake charmers are a type of street performer who appear to hypnotize venomous snakes. The act may include juggling the snakes or performing other dangerous acts with them. The police did not confirm what species the cobra was. However, Africa is home to various subspecies of spitting and non-spitting cobras. The most commonly found cobra is the Egyptian cobra, which lives in much of Africa. It is one of the most venomous snakes in Africa and measures on average around 4.6 meters long. Uh, yeah, okay, so my, as that story went on, my surprise and sympathy for this guy <laughs> rapidly decreased. Um, yeah, I, like, the award for the most, like, obvious death of ever goes to this guy. Um, obviously feel bad for the dude, but, like, what do you expect? When you play with snakes, you're gonna get bit. Damn, that sounded poignant. It wasn't. It sounded better than it actually is, but maybe I should put that on a shirt. When you play with snakes, you get bit. When you play with snakes, you get tit. I don't know. That's wrong. Anyway, um, final story. This one comes from Rome, uh, and it, the title is Rome Residents Impose Curfew After Spate of Boar Attacks. Residents in several neighborhoods in northern Rome have imposed a nightly curfew after a spate of attacks by wild boar, which for years have roamed the Italian capital. In the most recent encounter, a woman said a boar was on top of my head after she was pushed to the ground during an attack on Sunday night. The incident prompted an exasperated residents of Buldi, uh, Boluni, uh, yeah, and six other districts to impose an 8.30pm curfew. Uh... On the social media chat, this is a quote, on the social media chats between people in the district and especially in group chats between people who have dogs, it is advised not to go out after 8.30 p.m. A bold, I can't even pronounce, bold, you know, resident told La Republican newspaper because at night, if someone falls over or is hurt and no one is around to help them, then they could remain on the ground for who knows how long. Franco Quarana, the president of a, of a residence activist group in Orillo, described the curfew as an act of self-provocation by citizens because the authorities had failed to take effective measures. This time, the victim was an adult, but what if it happens to be a child? With the boar's teeth, even just a bite to the leg is enough to jeopardize someone's life, he says. Another resident who runs a similar organization in, Mon in Monte Mario says, These animals are just getting closer and closer to people, and not just at night. They are walking the streets at all hours during the day. The latest victim was Marta uh, Sant'Angelio. 
yes. A, psychothera a psychotherapist who was attacked by a boar beside a bin while walking her dog. It was just before 11 p.m. I was carrying a bag of rubbish and, and by the bin, I noticed the boar cubs. The mother was fixated on me. I understood that maybe she was scared and so I picked up my dog and ran for cover. But as she tried to flee, Santa Angelia, I can't pronounce Italian names, I'm so sorry, said she was attacked by the mother boar and fell to the ground. She was on my head. I screamed and the dog defended me. There were seven piglets close by, but they didn't attack. The woman was picked up by a motorist and taken to a hospital where she was treated for minor injuries to her face and knee. In response to the attack, Rome authorities announced anti-boar measures, including fencing off areas of national park where the animals enter the city and regularly collecting rubbish, particularly bins in the area close to the animal's main entrance points. The director of the Wild Animals Unit at the Animal Rights Organization, LAV, said boar attacks on humans, sorry, boar attacks said, boar attacked humans only if they felt like there was a threat to their offspring or source of food. These are the two critical elements that can unleash an attack from any wild animal, not just a boar, he said. But if a boar is close to an overflowing bin and a human approaches, it will act in a way to remove the threat to its essential food stores. The real problem in Rome is there has been no management of the problem. So we briefly, very briefly talked about um, the problem with boars in Europe uh, and in Asia. Uh, particularly, I think it was the... the Leopard of Rudra Prayak, there were some residents that sort of lamented the fact that the leopards had almost been hunted out of out of the area because now the boars have gone, like the, the population of boars have skyrocketed um, and the leopards were kind of like the only natural predator keeping them in check. Similar things have happened in Europe, particularly in France, um, when the wolf population has been culled. Um, we talked about the uh, the Beast of Gévaudan. In areas of France and in, in Italy, of course, um, boar populations have exploded because the wolf population has been hunted uh, down to such a population that it cannot keep the boars in check. So. It just goes to show how important um, ecosystems are and how you can't just remove one threat to humans and, ima and just imagine that's going to solve everything. Like if you go into an ecosystem and you see, okay, there's uh, wolves, they're a threat, we'll kill all the wolves. Great, sure, but now you have a population of uh, secondary prey who are going unchecked and whose population explodes, and they are forced to then explore outside of their territory for new food and new places to mate, which of course leads them into the cities uh, where there is ample food source. Um, and we've talked about it before, humans are not uh, intimidating predators. You know, a lot of animals will go out of their way to avoid us, but they are, some of them aren't particularly scared of us. And I don't think boars are either. Boars, by the way, can get huge they can get massive in different areas of the world my uncle's a pig a uh, pig hunter um he hunts wild pigs in australia and they they're ma they're dangerous animals razorbacks they call them um they will easily kill you uh they've killed they kill dogs a lot hunting dogs get killed a lot by these animals so um they're not to be fucked with uh, anyway that is our episode for today i do apologize if i've been lower energy or uh, my voice has been kind of yucky um it's the best i can do you know i've got the flu but um thank you so so much for joining us thank you for liking and subscribing and rating and all that lovely stuff um i want to just quickly give a shout out to two listeners who have sent me really nice uh messages or even spoke to me in person uh so to my friends anna and alex uh who listen to this podcast quite a lot thank you very much for that it means a lot um of course the patreon is still there feel free to have a look at the patreon just go on uh patreon and search for man eaters you'll find it no pressure of course but it is there if you'd like to thank you to everybody who has 
guys subscribe for that it means the world for me i when i started this show six months ago i never would have imagined anyone would pay five dollars to, to listen to this i never would imagine that but um here we are thank you and thank you so much for listening to the last episode so much as well i don't know if i mentioned it at the outset um but it did really well instantly like it got as many views as i was expecting in a week within the first two days so let's hopefully keep that up um we are only a few episodes away from our 25th episode which of course is the jim corbett special so keep listening keep hanging around make sure you have notifications turned on spotify or apple podcasts or google podcasts wherever you listen to it so you don't miss an episode um hopefully going to go back to the regular schedule now that I'm feeling a bit better. Um, Monday uh, for Maneaters. That's a nice way to think about it. Maneater Mondays. Hopefully going back. To, I did mention last week though I am going to Europe um, in a couple weeks. That may interfere with the upload schedule. I'll try to avoid it but I really don't think I'm going to be wanting to set up a podcast microphone in my hotel room uh, in Paris and in London to to be doing podcasts. So I might have to work a little harder to pre-record some episodes uh, but yes, that don't worry about that. It should be fine. Anyway, make sure you are following us on all social media and all that kind of jazz. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic week. Um, thank you. I just can't stop thanking you. Thank you. I love you. It's very nice. All right. Stay safe out there, everybody, because as we know, it's a jungle out there.